Aggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. Uh-oh. Stockton. Open three. The high schools. Also going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports, wife carrying. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of the Full Court Press. Eric Franson with you here on a Friday, and a much cooler Friday than the last couple of days we've we've been enjoying. Reminding us that, yes, we do live in Utah, and this is what spring will do to us here. But uh, still, nonetheless, a lot of different things we're going to cover today. Uh, a lot of different topics to uh, look ahead to the weekend Recap what happened in the 4A softball championships. Game one today between Bear River and Ridgeline. And, uh, wow, pretty exciting finish, actually, with Rod Zundel on the call. We'll hear some of those highlights from earlier today. Games coming up tomorrow for softball and lacrosse. So we'll update you on those schedules and the games that we're going to have for you on radio and online on Cash Valley Daily and how you can follow along. And also updates in the NBA playoffs as well. But before we get into that, um, there's a lot going on with Utah State athletics. I know it's kind of an off season for most, uh, well, really for pretty much all sports now for Utah State. But that doesn't mean that things aren't going on and aren't happening. And so we've invited the director of athletics, John Hartwell, to be on with the show with us today to kind of give us some insight as to some of these big announcements that have been made and some just the changing dynamics of college athletics. It's a very, very strange time. And, uh, John, thanks for spending some time with us here on the show. I know it's uh, it, it's there were some pretty exciting things happening this week with college football. Shots fired in the SEC. Thankfully, we're not having anything like that close to home. But uh, thanks for your time today, and hopefully we don't have to throw uh, uh, any uh, fire extinguishers with what's going on with any of your comments today. Yeah, no, no question. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that uh, – you know, there were there were a couple of things that involve Aggie athletics that uh, got announced today, so that you know you we wouldn't be uh, uh, lacking for any topics to talk about. But uh, probably uh, <laughs> yeah, first, gymnastics first, is one of the uh, ones. Really excited to uh, to to make the announcement today that we hired Kristen White as our new gymnastics coach. It's uh, been about four weeks since uh, we found out that Amy Smith was departing to be uh, the first. Uh, gymnastics coach at uh, Clemson University, and they are starting up gymnastics. But uh, we are fired up and thrilled to have Kristen uh, join us. She comes from a tremendous pedigree in Oklahoma native. She was a two-time All-American, the University of Oklahoma, where in her senior year uh, they finished uh, runner-up in the NCAA championships. She uh, she got a master's degree from Oklahoma. Was a a club uh, gymnastics coach at uh, Dynamo, which is one of the outstanding club programs in, in the whole country, for about five or six years, got back into the collegiate side of things um, uh, at Oklahoma, or excuse me, at uh, Oklahoma, and then uh, went to Iowa State and Ames for uh, a couple of years. And we hire her 
from uh, Arizona State, where they have had a very successful program too. So uh, excited to get her uh, on board. And we had a Zoom meeting this morning. Uh, that is that is one of the positive byproducts of uh, of COVID, if we can say there are a couple, is uh, the ability to unite people from all over the country and literally all over the world via Zoom meeting. So uh, we we were able to gather our gymnastics student athletes today and, and had her on there and she's already uh, contacted them individually as well. So she is up and running and we're excited to get that position filled. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, and uh, I know that's certainly when you have a successful coach like Amy Smith and uh, what she was has done here and how she's uh, brought the program back to national prominence. It's not an easy job to, 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 to replace, but uh, excited for the future and what this is, uh, kind of now the next steps for USU Gymnastics. So exciting announcement today. Yeah, that just happened uh, earlier today that uh, that was made official. So that's exciting. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like like you said, uh, finishing uh, in the top 25 uh, was a a major accomplishment for us. But, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this before. Uh, I I would much rather have to uh, do a coaching search um, on the heels of success than on the, on the, uh, opposite end of that, on the, on the heels of, uh, having to move on from a coach. And, and obviously, uh, we had a, an unbelievable applicant pool. Um, people understand, uh, the success that we've had in gymnastics and, and that it's a, a program that, uh, you know, is, is poised for future success. So, uh, but, uh, Kristen really, uh, rose uh, above the, the competition, if you will, in the uh, search process. And we're excited to, to have her and her uh, family move to Cache Valley. Uh, certainly one of the sports that has a lot of attention and, and gets a lot of people excited is football. And uh, we, there's been some recent things that have taken place with football. There's new turf that's down. That's, you know, a, a healthy field is always a good thing for the health of the players. Uh, but you there, you also announced that uh, Utah State Athletics is going to build a new indoor practice facility. Uh, Utah State already has an indoor facility. So how is this different and uh, how – Will that help take athletics to another to another level with what's going on with USU? Yeah, great question there, and it's interesting because the the reasons why we're looking to to build a second practice facility are, are almost parallel with uh, the reasons the University of Utah is doing the same thing. So you know, the Stan Lob Center has, has been uh, a huge benefit and a huge asset. Uh, for not just for Utah State athletics, but uh, utilized by campus as well as as the um, as well as the community sum, and it will continue to be a very valuable asset for for Utah State athletics. Uh, but uh, it's only eighty. You know, the field inside is only eighty yards long. It only has one end zone, and and you know you could work around those things. But maybe the most difficult thing is. There for for those that have not been inside the facility from the sidelines marking the football field uh, to either steel beams or cinder block walls is about three or four feet and and certainly uh, not conducive to student athlete welfare or safety uh, in terms of trying to go you know live scrimmages in that building it's just not safe to do that so. 
Um, the proposed new facility, which we're in the fundraising phases of right now, have not totally fine. I mean, we, we put some conceptual things out there, haven't totally tweaked all the uh, nuances of the design yet. But uh, that facility will not only be, you know, a 400-yard length plus the two end zones, uh, but it will have plenty of room on the sides as well because actually uh, we're going to build it to the specifications of a collegiate soccer field, yeah. uh, not in, not intended to replace Chuck and Gloria Bell Field at all, uh, but it, it would serve as a fallback uh, if we had inclement weather or if we had prolonged rain like we had this last fall. We actually had two, or excuse me, three soccer matches this last fall that we had to move. Ridgeline High School was kind enough to let us come down there um, to play a couple of matches, and we also had to play one down at the University of Utah. So uh, looking to try to avoid that uh, situation once this facility is built. And, and it'll be built, as far as I understand it, on the existing what's called, known as the outdoor practice fields for uh, for the football team just uh, north of the uh, of the track is that is that yeah, basically yeah, where that, that is, will be located yeah, that is that is correct and the the north facing side which will be one of the sidelines of of the field there uh, that side will be a building that will run the you know the full hundred and roughly 140 yards in, in length and included in that building will be our new golf practice facility, uh, locker rooms and coaches' offices for our soccer team, uh, as well as a visiting locker room for soccer because it will be located you know, just uh, across a short walk across that uh, parking lot there to, to the soccer field, uh, and some other storage components also likely having a uh, – you know, a practice throws room for track and field in there as well um, uh, with nets in it so that our uh, shot putters and discus throwers could, um, you know, can throw in there. It was funny the other day because somebody was asking me, said, well, do you all have that facility right now? I said, yeah, but very few people know where this is. So if you walk in the, the public entrance doors of the spectrum right there by where the ticket office is, mm-hmm. instead of going up the escalator or the stairs, if you walk straight ahead through those doors and kind of turn the corner there, there's a door back there, and there's actually a practice throws room in there, which is is not convenient at all to the rest of our track and field facilities. But uh, we'll we'll relocate that um, practice throws area as well, which will free up some much needed room in the uh, spectrum. And what uh, what's the projected timeline to get this done? Yeah, we we don't have a finalized time yet we we do have uh we we've already secured um two seven figure gifts on on the facility and in process on some others too uh it at the end of the day it's going to be a 30 to 32 million dollar project and and we're hopeful um to to get that raised here in the next six to eight months at the most so i would say we're probably looking at uh you know 18 months to start construction and probably realistically, uh, you know, two and a half years till completion. That's a big project. But as you've uh, indicated, it's not just a football facility. A lot of different athletics will benefit from it. So, yeah, actually, actually it will touch almost every one of our student athletes because uh, the, the 
existing stand lob facility literally six days a week, and there's also some Sunday activities in there as well, but literally six days a week from 5 a.m. till 11 p.m. every day, that thing is booked solid. So, um, and, and, you know, by pulling uh, most of football's use out of there, uh, it will free up some additional time for some of our other sports. Uh, and, And in the existing indoor facility, we're going to look, at putting a, uh, a netting system in there where, you know, the ability to drop a net or two nets where you could have, uh, you know, softball at one end and uh, soccer at the other end or, you know, uh, other examples like that. So uh, really uh, the, <clears throat> the freeing up of the, of the stand lob complex is going to be beneficial to all of our student athletes. Earlier uh, this week, uh, actually it was tail end last week, uh, it was announced that BYU was going to be canceling its future games with Utah State, at least those that were under contract. They did have an out clause, and they're exercising it. Uh, Utah State's not alone in future games being canceled for for BYU. But you issued a statement, and and so did uh, BYU, that both sides would like to see the series continue but what does that look like in the future? And then coupled with that, how do you replace BYU on the schedule currently? Yeah, so so Tom Homo and I have had several conversations. In fact, it was interesting because uh, uh, two weeks ago uh, when uh, several conferences were having their meetings in Scottsdale, including the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10, and the Mountain West, uh, along with um, a couple of days of activities uh, that the Fiesta Bowl sponsors, actually Tom and Mark Harlan and uh, and I were all down there together. So we got a chance to you know to visit in various circles there, and, and we're committed to trying to put some games out there um, in the future. But obviously, the Big Twelve going to a nine-game conference schedule, um, the you know the availability for them. Um, was reduced. Uh, I have had several people ask me, said, well, why aren't they paying you guys out? Now they, they did have the foresight, uh, and they've had this in their, in their contracts, uh, for several years, just basically said, Hey, if, if a conference affiliation opportunity becomes available, uh, you know, the, the ability to, to null and void these contracts going forward is there. And they utilize that clause in there. Uh, but, you know, I, I would see uh, a scenario where we could potentially play them, you know, two out of every four, or two out of every six years. Uh, we don't have anything definite on the schedule yet. Our, our more immediate uh, needs are to, to fill that hole in 23, which is a home game. Um, the good news, as you alluded to, you know, with some of this conference realignment uh, between the American uh Conference USA, uh, the Big 12, what's going on. Uh, we are in negotiation or in conversations right now with, with several opportunities, which, which I, um, you know, is, is going to allow us, I think, to have, or I know to have a, uh, a pretty attractive home game to replace that game. And then we're, we're working on some other series as well. In fact, uh, uh, my deputy AD, Jerry Bovey, spent most of his day today. He was working on football scheduling stuff. So, um, look, look for uh, a lot of that to crystallize here probably over the next two to four weeks. 
Uh, it's exciting. Uh, and I guess it, coupled with that is it, anytime that discussion is had about BYU and, and future schedules there, is there any movement on getting Utah on the schedule at some <laughs> point in the future? Well, obviously, they're going to have some voids, too, because uh, BYU is stepping away from some of those games. Mark and I have talked, and and as always, I have left that door open. Uh, but, uh, you know, whether it's uh, Utah or uh, BYU, we have no interest in playing either one of them in a guarantee game. In other words, where we receive money for going there, uh, the, the only thing that we would be interested in with either of them uh, is you know a home and home, and uh, you know we'll continue, we'll continue to have that uh, stance, and uh, and hopefully come to fruition uh, sooner than later uh, with our friends in Salt Lake City. Well, certainly applaud you for for sticking to your guns on that one. Um, but uh, one other topic that's certainly a hot one this week, especially, and it has been brewing for several months. Name, image, likeness, how it's being used in recruiting, uh, allegations from being thrown around. Uh, but as a university, as an athletic department, um, you've joined many other athletic departments in trying to get your arms around this a little bit with going to uh, an organization to help navigate some of these waters. Explain kind of why you decided to go that route and why it can potentially benefit the athletes. Yeah, I will. Let me. Can I touch on one other thing, football-wise? And and I don't know if you saw this yeah. today, or not, Eric. Uh, and this actually came out of some action we took um, in the Division One Council um, oh, on yes, Wednesday, which I am actually yes, I did want to ask you about that. In an interim role as the uh, Mountain West represent, representative on the Division One Council now, but in, in essence, what was decided was previously in order for a uh, a conference to have a championship game, you had to have two divisions and have the winner of each division. The Division One Council, at the rec- recommendation of the Football Oversight Committee, uh, decided or made the recommendation to eliminate that requirement and allow teams to take their um, uh, top two teams to participate in the conference championship game. And so we had an athletic director's meeting yesterday uh, for the Mountain West, which that was voted upon. And then the president's, the board uh, of the Mountain West met this morning, and they uh, confirmed that. So there was an announcement released today that says starting in 2023, we're going to keep divisions for the upcoming 2022 season, but for 2023 uh, to, to eliminate the two divisions, which will cause a change in our in our scheduling methodology, um, but uh, the top two teams will play in the Mountain West Championship game. And, and the rationale behind that is uh, the best thing that can happen for us as a league and for whoever that team may be is to get one of our teams as that guaranteed slot of a group of five team into the New Year Six Bowl. It obviously uh, creates uh, additional uh, recognition and for, for our league and for that individual institution, but it also means about $6 million, too, uh, mm-hmm. which, which uh, right now our formula is that $2 million of that would go to the participating team. The other $2 million, or excuse me, $4 million of that goes into a pot for the Mountain West to split, so it would benefit every team. So we are going to adopt that. Um, 
we we have got a a uh, model or a draft schedule for the 23 through 25 seasons, and the reason we're only looking at doing that for <clears throat> three years is uh, that mirrors what our television contract is. And so what will happen in that three-year period, and I, I have a feeling that uh, you know we'll be able to, to get this solidified here uh, again probably in the next uh, four to six weeks, is in that three-year period you will have two teams that you will play all three years, and then the other, um, the other nine teams uh, you will rotate and play everybody in the league home and away one time. And so that, that math formula is way beyond me, but we have a guy that, that works with the Mountain West, actually works with about every league there is, named Kevin Paga, who is uh, kind of a scheduling matrix guru, and he has worked with the league to help us do that. So uh, that, that's what you'll see in terms of scheduling for for the 23, 24, and 25 football seasons. Yeah, thank you for, for getting there. I, I made a note to get there, and I <laughs> didn't see it. So I'm glad you brought that up. Cause, no, uh, but I, I promise I wasn't trying to stall on NIL. You know, I was <laughs> just waiting to see if anything else broke on social media where uh, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban had agreed to a cage match to fight yeah. things out. Well, yeah, SEC commissioner put them in timeout for a minute. But uh, real quick, with, uh, with the scheduling, I think it's the uh, the ACC. They're saying we're going to do a 3-5-5, which kind of sounds similar to what you're suggesting here is where you've got some automatic regular rivalries that you can expect or regular teams on your schedule and then a rotation uh, and other years from the those other teams, uh, and so uh, that's exciting. I think to see what you know who gets selected as your yeah, regular really teams is. and, and makes for better draft, TV. I, I'm not at liberty to say in in the who who our two permanent uh, opponents would be for those three years, but uh, one of them is a very familiar face, and the other one, while people may not think of them right off the bat as a natural rivalry, I think. Uh, I think people will be pleased with who our teams are going to be. And again, I think we're going to be able to get that finalized here um, probably in the next four to six weeks. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, again, talking to John Hartwell, the director of athletics for Utah State. And uh, we do have to get to this last topic with name, image, likeness. Sure. Uh, from your point of view, how has it affected athletics, particularly in those revenue sports of football and uh, in men's basketball? And what is your role as an athletic director to kind of navigate those waters as it seems to be changing all the time? Yeah, and and sorry uh, we changed tracks there again for a minute, but as you mentioned a few minutes ago, we've actually contracted with a company called Open Doors, um, and, and quite a few institutions across the country have done that. Uh, it's, <laughs> for lack of a better, better uh, term or analogy, it's almost like a uh, – a, a dating service match.com or one of those like that. It, and what it does is it allows all of our student athletes in every sport to go in and create a profile for themselves. Um, and then uh, has the, the same type of thing for any uh, companies or any individuals who are looking to potentially hire student athletes to do name, image and likeness um, promotions for them 
and basically serves as a vehicle and a database to connect those. So we're excited about getting that up and running. Probably uh, we, we announced the uh, agreement last week. Uh, we we'll, are currently working on getting that system up and running, and, and that, I think that's going to be a huge benefit, not just to our you know football and, and basketball student-athletes, but across the board uh, present some opportunities to, to student-athletes. But, you know, as you said, it, it has um, – the, the cat is out of the bag, and it, and it has been for, what, almost 11 months now. Uh, but, you know, the two, two primary pillars that this whole thing was started on or was introduced by the NCAA uh, on were the terms fair market value and, um, you know, institutional involvement was not allowed. And, and you know... <laughs> All you got to do is pick up the paper every day to see where both of those things have gone out the window because there's no way you can say uh, that a quarterback at Long Beach Poly High School who has never played a collegiate down uh, is going to go to the University of Tennessee and that he is worth $2 million a year in whatever the endorsement deals they have set up at a, you know, in, in a almost uh, a guaranteed deal for four years or eight million dollars worth that uh, that was never the intention um there you know there is uh there's strong conversation i think every i know every athletic director and i think every football coach uh would agree that with with those deals like that the the tail is wagging the dog that was not the intention at all um and, and you know with uh mark emmert uh, announcing a couple of weeks ago that, that he was going to transition out of his role at the NCAA. Uh, the combination of that and the fact uh, that we are in an election year, um, you know, I don't, a lot of people said, oh, well, we need uh, Congress intervention. I don't think in an election year uh, you're, you're going to see uh either on the House side or the Senate side, people step in and, and it's just too much of a divided topic right now. Um, and, and it's a mess. I, I will absolutely tell you it's a mess. And especially when combined with the transfer portal, um, and, and we would all be naive if we didn't think there were street agents shopping uh, student-athletes around. You know, you, I mean, you've read about it. you read about oh, yeah. it. You know, the basketball player that left Kansas State that went to Miami for a reported $800,000 a year, and then the Miami kid said, hey, you know, I was the leading scorer on a team that took us to the Elite Eight this year. I don't have that much money, and if, if you don't show me a deal that's worth that much money, I'm going in the transfer portal tomorrow. So that, that, is, that is clearly not what was intended, uh, but, but some of the real-life examples we have right now, fortunately, things – at that, you know, to that extreme have not uh, happened uh, to our student athletes. Uh, you know, we, we have been involved with uh, some, some transfer um, kids and, and they have inquired to say, well, hey, what, what, what are you going to guarantee me from a NIL deal? And, you know, we say, hey, we've got some, student athletes who have opportunities and have deals, but they're, you know, we, 
we're not in that business. And, and, you know, there, there are some institutions, maybe not directly from the institution themselves, but some people acting as agents or boosters or whatever, uh, that, that are making those kind of guarantees. And it's, uh, it's a slippery slope right now. And then my last questions on this and, and just to wrap up, um, one, how much is Utah State at a disadvantage compared to universities in larger markets or with larger you know, alumni networks to be able to compete in this new sphere? Uh, and then, two, just um, you know, where how does that affect? Like, you're kind of competing now with local businesses. You're trying to get donations to fund your projects and. Uh, what you're doing, but now they these businesses have a decision to make. Do I give my money to the institution or do I give it to the athlete specifically for my own purposes? So uh, how does that affect what, what you're doing on a fundraising level? Yeah, it, it absolutely does, Eric. And, and you've got several silos here. So you've got, you know, uh, let, let's just take it from a corporate level, maybe the easiest way to do it. And you've got XYZ company in Cash Valley, and they buy X number of season tickets, you know, for for employees and and customers and stuff like that. So that's one silo. Maybe the either the company themselves or the the ownership of the company or the high level executives, you know, make annual donations over and above their ticket. So that's a second silo, um, you know. Just like this capital project we have going, we, we're out seeking, you know, donations for people to, to give towards capital projects. So that's another silo. Um, you've got the corporate sponsorship aspect, uh, you know, to have signage in our venues and, and on our broadcast, uh, you know, ads on our broadcast. So that's another silo. And then you have name, image, likeness. So you've got, you know, individual student athletes trying to get a piece of the pie. And so that's another silo. And, and I'll introduce one other one, and I know we're running short on time, but you've got, uh, you know, the Austin case money, where basically now the NCAA has said, hey, you can award up to $5,980 on an annual basis to student athletes for, quote, additional educational expenses, uh, yet another just total farce of a term because that it's just okay. Okay. To put more money in people's pockets. So you've got some institutions out there that are trying to seek donations to yet put another amount of money in kids pockets. So I, I even think at the highest level at the Texas or Texas A&Ms or Tennessee's or Ohio States, there is some, um, you know, level of cannibalism between all those silos. I mean, at some point, even the deep, deep pocket uh, people or companies only have so much. And, and you don't even, you know, throw inflation and, and the current situation in the stock market on top of it. And that impacts that even more. So, yes, that, that is a real, real uh, challenge, uh, not just for Utah State, but for many institutions across the country. And, and again, um, you know, we're going to try to continue to do everything that we can to provide uh, the resources we can for our student athletes. 
but at the same time, we've got to prioritize those. Obviously, scholarships are a priority. You know, operating expenses uh, to be able to allow teams to compete are going to be a priority. Um, and, and we're going to try to open up as many avenues to NIL and to do some of these other things as we can. But you're right, there, there, you can only stretch the dollar or dollars so far. And it, it, is a, uh, it is an ongoing challenge on a daily basis for it. You know, I, I do think you're going to see the pendulum swing back a little bit at some point because the other thing that's impacting it right now is all of these kids who, you know, got an additional year of eligibility because of COVID. So, you, you know, just for round numbers, you've got 25% more student athletes in the market right now than you would, uh, you know, than you did pre-COVID or you will have once these student athletes matriculate out. So I think that will, that will swing the pendulum back a little bit. The other thing, um, you know, the vast majority of student athletes, whether male or female, regardless of sport, they're competitive and they want to play. And one thing that hadn't changed is in basketball, you can only have five players on the court at one time. You're only playing a 40 minute game and football you can only have 11 players on the field at one time. You're playing a 60-minute game. So that hasn't changed. And I think the lure of, you know, chasing dollars here or there uh, that, that is not going to set you for life, although somebody could argue, say, hey, the kid at Cal Poly or at uh, Long Beach Poly going to Tennessee, yeah, that, that could change his life. I, I don't disagree with that. But the ten thousand, you know, the thousand dollar deals here, even the ten thousand dollar deals here, or there, that's not enough for a lifetime. So I think you are going to see the pendulum swing back a little bit. And quite frankly, too, I don't know if I'd use the term sweet spot, but you know, I I don't dislike the position we're in at Utah State because I think some of these bidding wars that you're going to have at the Power Five level, um, at, at some point. Uh, people aren't going to be able to afford the, the the price of poker, and I still think we're we're going to be able to attract you know high quality student athletes who want to get a good education, who who want to compete at the highest level, and who want to develop. And I I don't think that's going to change for us. But as administrators, at coach as coaches, we've got to continue to look at opportunities. Uh, so that we don't get left behind in this. The only other thing I will mention is really quick. You talk about major markets. Yeah, that that is a a consideration and a concern because I'll tell you just candidly in our league, um, UNLV uh, men's and women's basketball. They have now it's it's a couple of different dealerships, but they have a a conglomerate of car dealerships that are based out of the Vegas area. Uh, they they are not giving cars per se, but they are uh, providing what they call car stipends uh, to every men's and women's basketball player at UNLV. So yeah, that that's real. That's in our league. And that's, you know, something that we we've got to uh, compete against from a recruiting standpoint. It's wild, wild west. <laughs> I think that there will be some guidance. I think there's enough people jumping up and down, that you know, each state is different, each conference, each school seems to have a different approach to it. So I think you're right. I think at some point there will be some something legislated, 
but uh, <laughs> it may be a while. But uh, but you know, good for the athletes for being able to to benefit from it. But uh, right now, it's yeah, it's crazy. So, but appreciate the insight. I know it's a it's a wild time with a lot of things going on, and I know you're busy trying to handle it all. But appreciate you, the time that you were able to spend with us today and trying to navigate some of this uh, craziness and also good news and exciting news. Yeah, absolutely, and as always, uh, appreciate the opportunity to visit with you, Eric, and uh, appreciate uh, you guys' support and the support of, uh, you know, all the Aggies in Cash Valley. And, uh, yeah, challenges are challenges here, but uh, as a glass-half-full person, uh, we'll view those as opportunities. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, we do still have 10 athletes who are competing. We've got 10 track and field uh, student athletes who will be going to Fayetteville, Arkansas next week for the NCAA track and outdoor track and field uh, regionals, and so we we do still have a handful competing, and uh, you know it, it'll be August before we know it, and uh, soccer and volleyball and men's and women's cross country and, and football cranking up, but uh, yeah, all, always good to visit with you and appreciate the opportunity. All right, thank you, John Hartwell, Director of Athletics at Utah State University. Thanks for your time. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Eric. You as well. All right, uh, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, uh, an update on what's going on with the playoffs. We'll go from from uh, 4A softball to the NBA. That's coming up next on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center have now moved from the Cache Valley Hospital to their new office location, 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of the Cache Valley Hospital. Doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette, along with the entire staff, welcome you to a brand new facility with more room and state-of-the-art equipment to help you and your family. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. How many years has it been since you were married? One year? Ten years? Longer? This is Jarek from Jarek's Fine Jewelry. No matter how many years it's been, you always remember just how you felt. Show her you love her all over again with something special from Jarek's. We can help you surprise her or... When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Chevrolet, Buick GMC, Cadillac, and Logan or online at MurdochChevroletLogan.com. GMC, we are professional grade. Call 866-628-3065. See dealer for complete details. Offer expires 531-22. You've been putting up with a dirty, dusty wood stove for years. Why haven't you changed it? Go to Advanced Fireplace and Stove in Logan. Look through their showroom for ideas on quadrifier pellet and wood stoves and heat and glow gas fireplaces. They have several demos in place so you can see firsthand how your project will look. And you can trust the pros at Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They'll do the job right. Advanced Fireplace and Stove. 752-7272. Online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit the Elements restaurant.com for reservations today talking the sports you care about the full court press on sports talk radio 1069 fm 1390 am the fan 
Valvoline Instant Oil Change is now open on Sundays at 695 North Main in Logan. They're quick, they're clean, it's easy, just like how it should be done. When it comes to an oil change, stop in today, 695 North Main in Logan. Wow, that was that was fun, talking to John Hartwell. We covered a lot of different topics from the new practice facility, new gymnastics coach, football scheduling, replacing BYU, name image likeness. So, wow, we covered a lot of different bases there uh, and uh, interesting, interesting uh, interview there. So we're, uh, we're making that available on our podcasts. Watch for that later this afternoon. That interview, just that interview specifically will be made available as well as in, or in addition to the full show today. But uh, if you want to go back and, and listen to what he had to say, we, we did cover a lot of different topics but uh, your reactions to that, I'd love to get your thoughts as to what he had to say covering a variety of topics and issues there. 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in on our Guild Mortgage text line. A couple texts did come through while, while, we, were, uh, uh, while we, were, we were chatting about Utah State Athletics. 2947, uh, I'm a big fan and longtime listener, but have missed a couple of weeks. I guess AJ left. Where did he go? Was there a candlelight ceremony for his departure? Uh, we, we should have done a candlelight ceremony. Uh, we did a pizza party. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ajay uh, left. Uh, it, it was his decision. He's uh, working over in, in Bear Lake. Got a full-time job over there. And just, uh, yeah, unfortunately, things uh, couldn't work out for for him, I guess, for his decisions. So he's uh, he's off doing something else. And we we miss him. We wish he was still here. But he's not. Also, uh, 2947 adds, also, I don't believe it's officially school-sanctioned, but Utah State's men's ultimate Frisbee team beat British Columbia to win regionals and is headed to compete in nationals in Milwaukee in a few weeks. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, It's not sanctioned, but uh, it's a club sport, and uh, we, we heard that they were competing and doing well, so thank you for the update there. Now they're headed to nationals. That's awesome. Also, uh, continuing, he says, I believe they're about a 15 seed or higher. Cache Valley natives who are paying attention know what sport is really growing over the last few years. That's awesome. Thanks for the update. And best of luck to the um, uh, men's ultimate Frisbee as they're going on to uh, nationals. Those are not easy things to do. As we spoke to uh, the the, uh, men's lacrosse team who was in here a couple weeks back as they were heading to Texas, uh, we've had hockey in before. Uh, I know uh, USU club men's baseball team is doing well. And as club sports, you know they have to fundraise and, and pay their own way for a lot of these things. Uh, it's not easy to do. Uh, 9310, awesome interview. Glad we have an AD like Hartwell. Uh, yeah, I appreciate his, uh, his candidness and his willingness and, and availability to come on to uh, spend time with us here to uh, let us know what's going on with the athletic department. Uh, 2951, adding, what's the biggest NIL deal at USU? Good question. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I know Justin Bean is probably the highest profile athlete to do some of those deals, but I, I couldn't tell you what, what those deals were specifically. Um, uh, it's between Justin and those that he uh, that he's done it with, but um, there may be some other ways to find that out, I don't, but I'm not aware of what they are. But uh, I know there's been a few deals locally, but uh, certainly not at the level of we've seen some nationally, but I know there's been some, and some athletes have taken advantage of it. And really, it's, I think it's up to the athlete and how hard they want to work to get it uh, and be amenable to, to do these, these things. But 
Uh, there do need to be some changes with how name image likeness is working. Uh, another quick time out here in the full court press. When we come back, I want to get some updates and some highlights, as it were, from the 4A softball championship. The game one took place today between number one Bear River and number three Ridgeline. It came down to the final inning. Pretty exciting. Rod Zundel was on the call. We've got some highlights of his call coming up. But first, just want to remind you about Napa Auto Parts. They've got those items that you're looking for and even some of those that are hard to find. So the parts that you need, use, and rely on can be found at Napa. They've got five locations to find them, to find those parts. Uh, five locations between Preston and Providence. That's Napa Auto Parts. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Every great team knows that you have to train to stay on top of your game. Even top players continue to practice the fundamentals. That's why Les Holtz & Company offers free IT security awareness training so your business can stop threats before they become a problem. Learn what to do in case of a suspected phishing attack. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesholson.com. Summer is just around the corner. Don't crank up your AC unit before getting it serviced. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning is the team you should call for quality on-time service. If your system needs replaced, think York. York has the best warranties in the business with affordable financing options. Call Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning at 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI. Online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're comfortable until you are. Advanced Heating and Air. Home McDarrell has a farm and appliance farm. With down home country prices and big city selection. E-I-E-I-O. When you're looking for a friendly spot to drive a little and save a lot. Hey, Home McDarrell has a farm and appliance farm. No overhead, but lots of country charm. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Avoid the stress of renting a shampoo machine and cleaning that dirty upholstery yourself. This is Daryl with ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry's hot carbonated extraction process will make any piece of furniture in your home look close to brand new again. Sofas, love seats, recliners, or even car seats. ChemDry of Northern Utah is happy to clean your carpets, but don't forget about making sure everything in your home is the cleanest, healthiest environment for your family. ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry of Northern Utah. Are you a do-it-yourselfer? Have you been looking at that boring blah wall in your home for far too long? You need to check out the Speedy Mason Thin Brick System at Castellite in Logan. It's a simple system that anybody can do to make a blah wall into a beautiful focal point. Refresh your home with some very affordable options at Castellite for brick, block, rock, paper, and tile. Go where the pros go. Online at castalite.com. Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. 
Hey, Mountain West Motors got a big grand opening celebration coming up on Saturday. It's going to be taking place from 2 to 6 p.m. They're giving away free food. You can spin the wheel to win prizes. And you can nominate a family or an organization to receive a $2,000 donation from Mountain West Motor. Really cool thing that they're doing. Uh, opportunities to win prizes and, and get free stuff. Uh, so that'll be on Saturday from 2 to 6 p.m. Stop by, check them out, 615 North Main in Logan. Uh, earlier today, game one in the best of three series between Bear River and Ridgeline, the number one and number three teams respectively in softball. And uh, it was pretty exciting late in the game. Ridgeline uh, came back. They were down. And uh, this is what they did to get the tying run on. Rod Zundel on the call earlier today on 104 The Ranch. Blinken, uh they got the runner at third and a pickle. Goes home. Safe. Safe. And the Bears are arguing the call as the runner from third, Kenzie Hale, after the pitch was a strike, she got caught in a pickle, and she came home, and she slid under the tag, and we're tied at two. What a play by Kenzie Hale to tie this thing up at two. Caught the Bears napping a little bit. And then not long after, it was uh, Ridgeline not only tying, but actually moving ahead in a, in a pretty big uh, seventh inning for the Riverhawks. So Addie Hanson, the top of the order now, with the runner on third, slaps to third base, the throw over to first, not in time, the runner scores from third. Kaya Town could not make the catch. Could not field it cleanly. She's tripped and slid down. And now Ridgeline has scored two here in the top of the seventh to take a 3-2 lead. And so Bear River had a chance uh, at the bottom of the inning to try to even things up or to win the game. But here's Rod Zundel on the final call with the final out. Ridgeline takes game one in a stunner. After losing two straight in Region 11 to the Bears, Ridgeline comes back and takes game one of the 4A championship series. Your final, 3-2 to two over Bear River. So, uh, wow, pretty exciting game in game one in a best-of-three series. Both these teams will square off again tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock a.m. We'll have that on 104.9 The Ranch in Box Elder County. Uh, for those who think we're trying to play favoritism to the Bears, we're not. Uh, the reason why we can't have it on uh, both 104.9 and 104.5 is the fact that we've got a lacrosse doubleheader on 104.5 The Ranch tomorrow with the girls lacrosse starting at noon and the boys at 2.30. But we will have links to listen live if you're outside of the traditional broadcast area of 104.9 uh, over the radio. We do have links. We'll have those published on CashValleyDaily.com so you can listen on your phone, your desktop, your your tablet, whatever, uh, so you can still follow along in that uh, championship series. So if Ridgeline wins that game tomorrow morning, it's done, and the Riverhawks win the 4A state championship. If Bear River wins, there will be a third game, and that will be at 1.30 to decide all the marbles. So will Bear River be the reigning champs, or will Ridgeline knock them off and uh, claim the state title for themselves? So Rod Zundel down there calling the action for us, 
and uh, he'll have full play-by-play, and we'll have uh, archives of those games as, as well. We've got the archive of today's game available on CashValleyDaily.com already if you want to go back and listen to it. There were a few technical issues that we had early in the game, so we missed part of the first inning, but uh, by and large, that whole game is there if you want to go back and listen to it. And then as far as the NBA last night, um, wow, I mean, we can tell what a difference that Boston team is when they've got a full roster and uh, it affects their rotations and their depth. And it's, I'll be honest, I've been laughing multiple times today because after game one in the Eastern Conference Finals, on this, on this station, Colin Cowherd was saying that Boston was a mess, they don't have a star, and uh, you know, they, 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 they're like the Utah Jazz, they just develop. Uh, but they can't go out and get somebody, and they're not going to make it. And then today, he's like, oh, Boston is so good. They have such depth. They have such stars. It's like, come on, Colin, make up your mind. Which one is it? But uh, what a difference that one is. Uh, and so tonight will be interesting. Will Will Dallas make some adjustments in their series against Golden State to get themselves back into it after really struggling in San Francisco in Game 1? Uh, will they make that a, a series, or is Golden State going to clamp things down and try to create some separation? It hasn't been a problem for Dallas before, being down 0-2 against a really good team, but can they show some life in this series? Will Luka get some help? Will Luka make some adjustments of his own? So that'll be fun to see how that plays out tonight. Uh, so when we get back together on Monday, we'll have a champion in 4A softball, and we'll know a little bit more details about who's advancing in the lacrosse playoffs. So until then, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. It was a pretty exciting day in college football yesterday. Nick Saban called out Texas A&M for buying recruits. A&M's head coach, Jimbo Fisher, fired back, saying Saban needed to be slapped for lying and hinted at the Alabama coach having a questionable track record in terms of recruiting. Fisher's comments could do more than just create headlines for sports outlets, though. Throughout his time in Alabama, Nick Saban and the Tide haven't taken kindly to disrespect. In 2016, Jim Harbaugh and Saban got into a public disagreement regarding satellite camps. Alabama would go on to embarrass Michigan in their next matchup. LSU suffered a similar fate in 2020. After LSU defeated Bama in 2019, a video surfaced of LSU head coach Ed Orgeron mocking the Tide's famous slogan. The next season, Alabama dismantled the Tigers 55-17. A&M's a good program, so we can't be certain about the outcome when the two teams square off in October. But if history's any indication, Fisher might want those statements back. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.